Hello and welcome to episode 61 of what we're listening to. Uh, my name is Josh. I am one of your hosts. And uh, with me is my uh, crustacean shoed friend, Asher. How are you, sir? I am very well. Just looking for my community. You know, <laughs> got to find them because they all got lost in the sock drawer. You have to make references to those um, people that I haven't seen. We'll talk about that. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> I'm pretty well, man. How are you? Yeah, yeah, I'm great. I um, it's finally spring, and so all this depressing music that I've been listening to is starting to feel a little bit out of season. Um, <laughs> so we'll have to say that for later. But I think uh, it's match matching mine. So that's pretty yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yes. In spirit of um, talking about one of our bands, uh, Lankham later, I have mm-hmm. a quiz question for you, sir. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Uh, you have been a fan of what I would call uh, found music, um, which is using like natural or um, like things you can do in your backyard to create musical sounds and layer them into things. Mm-hmm. Um, and the opening song of the new Lancome album, Go Dig My Grave, has an extended passage at the end. And I read an yes. interview with the producer. Um so I have a multiple choice question. Which of the following sounds does not appear in that section? <laughs> so we have the snapping of rhubarb roots, uh-huh. uh, bees inside of their hive, <laughs> the digging out of tomato plants, and the rustling of a packet of potato chips, or crisps, as he said. Hmm. Oh gosh, they all sound as ridiculous as each other. Um, I was just listening to this yesterday and I remember that passage very well because it goes on for a long time it does. and without the clip. I haven't seen the clip yet, so that's bad, but I, when I listen to it, I'm like, wow, this is poignant. Um, I'm going to go with the bees. That is the right answer, sir. <laughs> Okay, good, good, well, good. Well done. <laughs> I yeah, I was trying to think of something that was like believable, but it's not too crazy. Um, I also I love that them. the producer's name is uh, Spud as well, which I find hilarious for a Irishman. Um, we'll talk about yeah. that. Um, I was yes. going to say because the tomatoes and potatoes are related. It's very yeah. earthy for sure. Yes. Uh, <laughs> do you That's have a, cool though. Do you have any catch-up, sir? And just on that, sorry, just on the Lancome thing. No, go for it. it. This sounds a little bit self-referential, but I remember one time when I was at uni, I had to record like some some like soundtracky stuff, and I went into like the there was like like uh, the utility shed um, <laughs> just to kind of record some stuff, and I remember recording some kind of bits of metal scraping against each other. And it reminded me a lot of that piece, like that really heavy sort of clanking feel. And yeah, and it's just fantastic. We'll talk more a little bit about that, I'm sure, when you talk about Lancome. But mm. yeah, it, um, it's got that really kind of, yeah, found. I didn't know they were actually using a lot of found sound sort of stuff. That's cool. Um, I do have a tiny bit of uh, follow-up. So I think last time I mentioned that Me Without You were having like a song (laughs) um, showdown, um, which I've been following closely. And it ended, 
it ended with their song in a sweater poorly knit, um, which made me a bit sad. Uh, yeah. The Torches Together, you know, got 37% of the vote. I was Torches Together team um, because I think it's a fantastic song and it kind of, <laughs> I don't know, I could go into it a lot. But it was really interesting watching the community kind of vote about their different songs and talk about what they love. And um, <laughs> I I actually listened to most of the Me Without You discography from I Never Said I Was Brave all the way through to the end of Pale Horses. And, yeah, this band is incredible. I just wanted to say how much I really enjoy them. Um, <laughs> it's really... That, yeah, you know, five albums worth of listening. They're good. Um, I just, it's just very interesting, their lyric and the way that they write music. Um, I must confess, though, like I kind of stopped at their latest album before they finished. I just never quite got into Untitled. Um, but, I mean, it's still a great album. It's just really interesting because there were a lot of new songs on this, like, showdown list and... Some of them I didn't really know very well hmm. and they just didn't, in my mind, hold up to some of the, you know, greats from their first and second album. Well, their second album. Yeah, sure. I almost did a, yeah, almost did a review. Josh banned me from doing the third <laughs> Me Without You album. So, you know, I've got other things to talk You've about. You've already given me two. <laughs> I know, but I can talk about one. So that's a loophole. <laughs> anyway, have you got any um, follow-up? Uh, only a tiny bit. I've been following uh, the goings-on of Ticketmaster again. Um, oh, okay. So Robert Smith of The Cure, uh, mm. famous 80s band, has been pretty upset with Ticketmaster and their latest tour ticket sales. Um, and something to the tune of like several hundred thousand tickets the band has refunded because they've been bought by scalpers. And they've given right. the funds from those purchased tickets to like different charities and stuff like that. Um, oh wow! Yeah, it's very interesting. The, the the band is, or the at least Robert Smith is taking a very active like stance against how this company operates, which I find very encouraging to see somebody doing yeah, something. Yeah, for sure. Know? So I don't know. More pressure yeah. on Ticketmaster. Yeah. I mean, I haven't been following it, but that doesn't sound good. I mean, I, I would have thought there was like ways of stopping scalpers, but I don't know the ins and outs. I haven't bought through Ticketmaster in a long time. Yes. You have to worry about them. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, that's all I have. I do have on my notes, ha ha, Josh thinks Sugar Ray was cigarettes. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I'm talking like when I was like 12 years old, okay? Yeah, still, I've got that down. You can cut that out if you like. Anyway, <laughs> sure. I didn't listen to either. I just thought they were like, oh, there's bands over there. <laughs> I've got like Sunday morning in my head now. <laughs> um, all right. Anyway. Review time. <clears throat> yes, let's do it. Our, you know... Uh, one of the nicest time of the years is when a band uh, you love has an announcement and it's not permanent hiatus like has happened to the last <laughs> few bands that I love. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, so first, uh, so Lankham has put out a fourth album. Um, Lankham mm -hmm. being a, um, a four piece Irish um, neo Gothic folk 
monstrous music organization. Post, post folk? Uh, yeah, who, who even knows? Folk? They're, they're doing something new and interesting. And their last album, uh, The Live Long Day, made a bit of a splash. Um, and it was, I think it was the first episode we actually did. I give the cheater review, maybe the second. Um, it's a yeah, while ago. I remember early on. I really enjoyed that one. Um, so this is their kind of their second, uh, like a uh, big step in the musical world and kind of continuing on the musical themes from the last album, which is like a little more um, dark, ambient um, interpretations of traditional Irish songs and some originals. Um, mm. So needless to say, I've been excited to see if this band was going to do something else and this record got announced and I've been very excited to listen to it. Um, so, oh man, what do you, what do you, let's talk about this record. It's, <laughs> it's crazy. Um, I'm, uh, yeah, like it's kind of hard to compartmentalize in some ways. The first album, at least to me, or the sorry, I should say their last album gave a vibe of being quite grounded and earthy, like being about like the land of Ireland to some degree. And this mm. one is much more chaotic and like kind of oceany. That doesn't make like really any sense. Um, well, it feels like there's more concept on this one. Like there's instrumental breaks and these numbered fugues and this yeah. sort of thing, whereas. Whereas Live Long Day had kind of eight tracks, all of them were songs with lyrics kind of thing. Yeah, it's like thematically chaotic. And I, I think once I got the album art in my hands, it made a little more sense where there's yeah. kind of these um, line printed, like uh, like <laughs> boats capsizing and um, like horrible like scenes of like chaos and like water and storms and that kind of thing. And I think this album really tries to dig into that kind of um, this, this kind of feeling of there's like, there's this beautiful music and melody on top. And then always in the background or like lurking underneath is this like creepy, like, like heavy vibe that every so often like shows its face or like the back half of the song, things like start getting twisted and like bassy and dark. And this album kind of does it a couple times where you're like, oh, this is a nice song. Where is this going? Why is why is it ending like I'm looking at a hurricane? Like it's quite yeah. um and it's quite fascinating to to listen to. Um in terms of like the well, band. The opener yeah. is, well, the opener like you know, gets more and more intense. And then like we talked about before, kind of ends with this crazy, uh, continuous long sort of dissonance. Mm. Yeah. That's the opener. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So there's like notes of like chaos and angst and kind of anxiety inducing music. And then it's kind of spread out with moments of like relief and like yeah. tension breaking these kind of fugues um that the album revolves around and a couple more of these softer um songs um so yeah it's 
I don't know. <laughs> it's it's quite it's quite a fascinating musical start. piece. Yeah, I um, in terms of the band themselves, they're all performing on full blast. I think like there's even some um, vocally led tracks from members who haven't had previous ones on other albums. Um, That's cool. So people are kind of stepping up, and there's a lot more layered production in this one. A lot of the time it's hard to tell what instruments are actually playing. Like um, mm. some of these, some of these bass tones, I don't know what they are. Um, I reckon that's actually a synth. I would, it's um, this the, it masters Crowley's. Yeah. Master, Master Crowley. Crowley's. There's some tape yeah. loops as well. Um, but it's just kind of like you listen to it and you like, it's hard to, tied down what what's making what noise which i think is by design where you kind of listen to like Mm. a normal folk song and you're like oh yeah there's a banjo there's a guitar there's a kick drum you're like okay that's fine i can kind of sort those a lot in my head whereas you get these kind of musical monoliths of this like folk sound that is just kind of just washing over you and it's um it's incredible in some some regards um yeah and obviously, yeah. So for you, have you mentioned, like, the thing that's really interesting to me is deciding which ones of these are trad folk songs and which are their own. Yeah. Because they, if they have written, you know, some of these there are themselves, they've definitely written them in the traditional style of lyric and melody. But then the thing that makes Lankham different is that they are putting accompaniment to those melodies and stories, which matches the lyric more than the original. Well, you know, kind of tries to follow the the theme of the lyric, like you talked about mm. last time with Go Dig My Grave. And they're also younger people with different influences musically. And so they're bringing different, I suppose, ingredients to the, the pot, <laughs> so to say, as they write and arrange these and it's really interesting like how many of these are traditional songs you said that the vinyl had indications yeah i haven't gone and looked at it all uh written them all down but i think it's actually a a most of them um oh cool are traditional pieces and they've yeah it's this kind of balancing creativity of like holding um like intent and um what's the word like like honoring original history and then like having the boldness to evolve it in ways that like express it in a different new way because you know ireland has changed in the last 100 200 years um Mm. and so should the music and what it represents to some degree um uh, this is what do you think false lankham means I honestly, I got no idea. <laughs> Sorry, I interrupted you too. Keep no, going. that's right. I it, it sounds kind of um, out there to me. This kind of feels like listening to OK Computer again. Um, <laughs> like it, like obviously not in any kind of sonic way, but the idea of hearing a band take a genre of music that I've you know listened to and loved for a long time, and then just kind of like do it in such a new way. You're like, oh, this is actually like an evolution from where it began. And it's like a statement, but also it's so creatively done. Um, mm. So, yeah I, yeah, I I love this album. 
<laughs> yeah, I I think like we were saying, it hasn't grabbed me as much as their previous one, but um, I haven't made it all the way through yet. I've gotten up to the New York Trader, um, and it's really interesting how these instrumental breaks in between, which seem to like change sonically in the middle sometimes, mm. or some of the longer pieces, like I found it harder to th- to kind of connect all the dots, but that's just me having not listened to it all the way through. So it will probably grow on me, but man, Newcastle is a beautiful song. Um, and is her name Maggie? I've forgotten. Uh, Rat, uh, uh, Ratty, Ratty Pete. Uh, she's great her voice like and Newcastle is just such a beautiful song kind of you know melodically and the accompaniment it's just it's done really well Mm. so I don't know I yeah I really love the sound that they're doing on this and um yeah I've hearted kind of like master Crowley's as well I thought that was very (laughs) unique and interesting yeah strange sounds I yeah it's good I'm I'm looking forward to yeah I, going it, through it a bit more. It's the kind of uh, record that the more you invest or the more you know what it's doing, the more you can enjoy it. Like it's like reading a complicated book over again. Um, yeah, yeah. Like uh, I think the last fugue, I noticed a couple mm. of like violin or real parts from other songs that like were. Um, like little birdie and that kind of stuff. So, so there's always like little kind of bread breadcrumbs that are like spread spread around that if you like if you know them you can kind of pick at it and like see where it's going. Yeah. Um, it's unfortunate that this got released in like the middle of like early spring, where like the sun is shining and everyone's happy <laughs> all of a sudden in Vancouver because this is like very much like a November October listening. So. I think once the once the fall rolls around, this is going to be on heavy rotation for me. Um, <laughs> yeah, for sure. That and High Violet or something. Yeah, yeah, the classics, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Nice. But yeah, Lincoln does not, cool. does not disappoint. And they're also like getting a lot of renown for this, which is great. They almost mm. were the highest selling album in the, in the UK for a day or something like that. They almost outsold. They missed out. Yeah, by like twenty three sales or something, uh, which is crazy. Lana Del Rey's yeah. and and they beat like U two and all that kind of stuff. Anyway, um, oh that's right, U two have something out. Good on them. Are you going to talk about that? Uh, it's in my honorable mentions. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, cool. Um, nice. I could go on, but let's talk about let's talk about you, Ash. What are you listening? Marcel, to? the shell with shoes on. Yes, very different. <laughs> so I was going to talk about more of me without you. Um, but Josh was saved by um, me stumbling upon. Um, so I I had my eye on this film and I don't have my eye on many films, but this one is a stop animation film called Marcel the Shell with Shoes On, which came out last year and finally got released in Australia like a week ago. <laughs> and yeah, I know, right? It's like, got to travel. It's the, like the 90s all over again. <laughs> it's just like, okay. Cool. Um, anyway, so I, as, within the first 10 minutes of my wife and I watching, I was like, who did this OST? Like, mm. what's, what am I hearing? Oh, it's Disaster Piece. <laughs> <laughs> I was so excited because, like, 
I haven't listened to new disaster piece in ages. I mean, I know he's been doing stuff, but um, so for those who don't remember, disaster piece wrote the soundtrack for Hyperlight Drifter, mm-hmm. which is a indie game from 2015, maybe. Yeah, and, and we a talked about that. Great soundtrack, one of my favorites. Oh, excellent! I mean, every now and then when they repress that vinyl, I get very tempted. <laughs> It's not only the most beautiful vinyl I've seen in a while, but one of the most expensive. <laughs> and um, anyway, so I heard some of these like beats and like synth parts. I'm like, oh, kind of sounds familiar. And yes, so it turns out Disaster Piece has kind of been going up and up and up in popularity in the film world. Yeah. So he did It Follows um, oh, a while ago, okay, okay. the soundtrack to that. And then he did uh, another film, uh, I don't know, and then he did this, Marcel, and then he recently did Bodies, 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 another A24 film. <laughs> so, um, yeah, he's kind of been making his way into the, you know, art house sort of um, scoring world, it seems, and doing some, like, I wouldn't have uh, pinned him as a uh, horror writer, mm. but, like, he does, like, some of the stuff in It Follows I've not seen, but I heard a little bit. It's very unique, like, synthy stuff for a horror film. You're kind of like, oh, cool, okay. And then the Bodies one is more, like, dancey, and it doesn't grab me as much, but, like, he's done a really good job. And Marcel, though, is, I think, really beautiful because it combines, like, again, these found samples and sort of earthy, acoustic-y things with um, sort of, pulsing beats and synth parts like it's Mm. it's really well done it's such a happy sounding soundtrack too (laughs) like it um it so for those who don't know the film it's about this small shell uh who's lost its family um it's a very sweet it's not really a kid's film the dialogue is like keeps flitting between kind of like self-aware and complex you know and then like very innocent. So um, yeah, it's quite interesting, but I enjoyed the film and I thought that the soundtrack really matched this kind of feeling of where the shell is making all these strange mechanisms around its house to make life easier. You know, you can hear the soundtrack using sort of like earthy and found sounds to make these melodies and percussion tracks and stuff. And Disaster Piece is just great. Like, his production is incredible. And I really respect, like, how not present he is on social media and yet pops out these amazing soundtracks. Like, he just, out of the blues, like, is heaps of new music. And uh, it's just great. Like, and he's even got these soundtracks, these big soundtracks on his band camp. And um, I discovered, I was like, a while back, I almost became a subscriber on his band camp, but then I checked back in and I fully respect this. It's a hundred dollars a year to subscribe. And I'm like, that's Ooh. awesome. I'm not going to do that right now, but it's awesome. Like, you know, he's really kind of trying to do great things and release amazing music. And so, yeah, he's got some beautiful music up there, but um, my favorite tracks are things like Broad Spectrum on Real Life. The sound of myself. Um, mm. There's a lot of like hyperlight drifter piano sort of feels in there, you know, like yeah. panacea sort of stuff. Um, 
But yeah, and there's even, I feel like there's an Everything Everywhere reference. One of the tracks is called Everything Bagel. <laughs> um, and I don't remember there being a bagel in the film. So I was going to mention all your soundtracks are bagel related from now on. Yeah, it's right, man. It's all about bagels. It just comes round and round, you know, circles. Um, yeah, I, I think like I'm <laughs> starting to enjoy some of these A24 films a bit more. But I mean, I'm still too scared to see anything by Ari Aster. <laughs> I think that's really um, fair. <clears throat> oh, one last reference. It reminds me a bit of another Animata design game called Botanacula, which was done by a like a group called DVA where they use lots of kind of earthy percussion stuff. It's got that like happy sounding thing. So, yeah. Anyway, it's just such a really beautiful, happy soundtrack to contrast Lincoln. <laughs> so... Yeah. Did you get a give it a listen at all? Yes, it's quite it's quite charming. I um mm. every so often I get kind of blue man group vibes from it with the Yeah like yeah. the hollow tube sounding percussion kind of stuff. Yeah, like the thongophone sort of um <laughs> so yeah, whatever they so call. Cool. I don't know what they call in North America where you use a flip flop to whack on a piece of PVC pipe. <laughs> oh, fuck. What do you call them? Just call them flip-flops. I, um, <laughs> yeah, I feel like in, in some regard that I appreciate maybe the video game stuff a little bit more for being a little more kinetic. Like it it moves a bit more than some of these tracks do. Because um, mm-hmm. these, these are very much like cute and like in their space and kind of usable for this film. Whereas in a, in a game setting, Disaster Piece has like the ability to kind of move stuff a bit more. But that being said, yeah, I, yeah, I did really enjoy it. I, um, I definitely, I find it interesting cause you can definitely pick up after a little bit that like, Oh yeah, this is the same guy. I mean, your mm. ear is more accustomed to this than on, than mine is, I guess. But, um, huh. I started noticing as I went through it, like maybe a second time, like, Oh yeah, there's some similar sounds here. Um, yeah, it's great. He does have like, it's really interesting. Some certain presets. I remember when I was playing around with the OP one and I discovered like one preset that sounded like hyperlight drifter. Like he has <laughs> certain sounds that just, he might bring in a little bit of it and you're like, yeah, yeah, this is disaster piece still. And, um, that's cool. It's nice to have like thematic connections between albums. Yeah. He's, he looks like he's a really good piano player. Like, He's written some songs with lyrics as well. And like mm. he's got this album, which is a lot of songs of his done just on piano, um, which you would probably like. Actually. Yeah, I'll check that out. That sounds good. Yeah, it's on. Um, <clears throat> what's it called? I think it's a lot of the. Um, a lot of the pieces from uh, Hyperlight Drifter, but done as piano solo mm. stuff. It's called Disasters for Piano, which I like. <laughs> yeah, so you should check that out. Not actually, not a lot of the pieces from um, Hyperlight Drifter, but a bunch of others. I should also mention that Disaster Piece did Fez. Um, yeah, that's And that's a big one for him because Fez was, I don't know why, but I think Fez was a really big indie game um, with... What's his face? Something fish. What's the guy's name? I don't remember. Phil Fish. Long time ago. Yeah. Yeah, I never got into Fez, but the soundtrack is really nice. And I think that it earned him 
a bit of recognition. I should check into his sort of thing, but he's so secretive. I don't really know like where he began, where he got famous and all that sort of stuff. The Phantom anyway. of the Opera. I love you. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not sure I would have created, but yeah, go for it. Alrighty. Yeah, anyway, that's it. Um, I would watch it again and listen again, so check it out. Cool. All right. Uh, homework time. Homework. That's right. I gave Josh something that I've been listening to lately, and I was going to review myself, but I was listening to it a lot like weeks ago, and I just kind of wanted to move on and, and give him this. <laughs> so... Benoit Poulard, or however you say his name. Benoit, Benoit, a, Benoit. Benoit, sorry, that's right, it's French. French. Is, <laughs> thank you. It's French, is it? French. <clears throat> is another fantastic ambient, but folk ambient artist from mm. the States who has toured along with Andrew Tasselmeyer as Hotel Neon and... Um, probably 2015, I discovered his tracks on a compilation with some other artists I liked. And since then, I've been following little bits. He manages to write both amazingly beautiful ambient music and then these kind of very good folk songs. Mm. Like he swings back and forth and you never quite know what it's going to be. But he's a really great artist who does a lot of photography as well. And um, I love the... Um, the bio on his band camp, Plectrums and Pictures, since 1984. <laughs> and um, he does a lot of Polaroid photography and has done really well, was on the band camp um, Notable Ambient Artist for March with this album Idetic. Uh, I can't even pronounce anything of his. But um, <laughs> I thought this was a particularly beautiful album and I thought I'd give it to you. What did you um, think of this album? Yes, I, um, <laughs> again, I'd probably save this for like a, a, a warm summer night kind of, um, mm-hmm. it's very relaxing and refreshing. Uh, like you listen to it and you get kind of the green and the, like the watery nature that's on the, the front of the album cover. Like you kind of, um, yeah. you kind of escape to that kind of sound. I, um, I think after going through it, I wish there was maybe two things. I wish there was a little bit, um, less treatment on his vocals or maybe one or Mm. two, one or two songs without that kind of vocal treatment that he's got going on. Um, Mm -hmm. like it's okay. A lot of reverb. Yeah. It's okay. Some of the times, but like for every single local track that he does, like I'd like to hear his voice a little bit more. Maybe like mm-hmm. some clarity. And I think at least the second thing, I wish there was a little more contrast in this album. Um, mm-hmm. uh, like this, when, when, when you listen to like a, um, like a Godspeed album and you have these like big tracks, one of the things that they try to focus on musically is like movement and big contrasting sections between their music to some degree. Um, mm. and I think a lot of this stuff blends together, which may be by design. Um, but I would appreciate it more if there was like, if there was breaks in the action to kind of demonstrate the, the, the differences in the beauty that actually kind of goes around it more. Um, yeah. So, mm. so probably songs with a little more motion to them. I enjoyed, um, like Lillian, 
or Isola and ironically the void I think have maybe like the most going on for a mm. name like the void. Um, mm. It's almost like, also like a weird kind of ambient country song, which I find very enjoyable. Um, That's cool. Yeah. I really like the tracks near the beginning. Things like nameless um, were ones that I came back to a lot because I kind of like the quick movements of the acoustic guitar and, and the chord progressions and stuff. Yeah. And Harv was also quite nice. But, yeah, those are a lot more floaty in some ways, and which it, can get, yeah, a bit samey. Well, it is interesting because they're quite short too. Like a, a lot of the time ambient music is, you know, kind of known for being um, a little drawn out. But these ambient kind of in-between tracks are so like a minute and a half, two minutes, which are pretty short yeah. snippets for an ambient musician. And so it, does, it doesn't hold the album down as you kind of move between songs. Um, but it also doesn't, it doesn't like go, go against the grain in any, in any form for me, which is kind of um, not as interesting. Yeah. I, and it's interesting. I like, I gave it to you because I thought I'll like, it's not too self-indulgent as an ambient album. Like it's not <laughs> slabs of 10 minute, you know, ambient tracks for you to oh, work through. I, I appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs> But I did feel like some of these ambient interludes, although they're short and beautiful, I would have liked to have just, you know, seen 10 strong songs in a row mm. and have those ambient bits like at the end of, ends of the songs rather than separate tracks and kind of, I don't know, um, like it's, but I mean, I don't really understand his body of work and how this fits in with the greater whole. Like I've listened yeah. to a lot of his stuff, For but sure. I haven't listened to the way he works and maybe this is just, you know, the way he works and the way he likes to do things. But I mean, usually I've only really known him for his ambient stuff. And then I saw this was like really folky songs. I was like, cool, this is really unique and interesting. So yeah, gave it a listen. It's interesting because some of the tags at the bottom of the band camp section were like shoegaze and stuff like that. And I was like, I, Sometimes you can't change those if they're a general thing for the artist. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. My dream of having a shoegaze folk band album <laughs> was unfortunately dashed because that's kind of an intersection that I like. I would really love to see happen. Um, yeah, more than it does already. But that's all right. <laughs> I wondered, like, I wanted to give this to you because I thought I know that you don't like where Bonnie Ver is heading but maybe th- this is where like Bonnie Ver could have gone you know with the folky sort of um oh yeah I don't know like it's it's a different version of what could uh forever forever ago could have been you know um I don't, like a folky but well produced and all this sort of thing so mm. I don't know mm. just it just had it in my mind I know that's a weird association but I've been really enjoying this album and I, I wanted to see what you thought. It's fair. I definitely like save it for a summertime, kind of like big thief from last year, which is like kind of big kind of yeah, uh, yeah. ambient folk album. Um, yeah. Yeah. I'll save it around. Yeah. Cool. It's funny. It's funny with the whole like seasons and albums and that sort of thing. <laughs> yeah. Like, this kind of feels like rainy weather to me, even though the, the cover is brighter. It, it's still got that feeling of like at least autumn for me. So, yeah, but we, 
we've always had different opinions about what weather is paired with music. <laughs> <laughs> like a fine red wine. Um, I know, right? We could be like, you know, those waiters, but pairing music and weather. <laughs> <laughs> your, French is, your French is failing you, sir. It's a sommelier. What? <laughs> a, a Somalia. He's the guy who brings around tastings for him. Um, okay. Got it. Right. Um, so for homework, I have given Asher um, mm. a artist that's kind of like hovers around things that I follow. Um, a guy called Bill Callahan. Um, mm. He was in a band called Smog in the 90s, which is pretty famous in some of the college scenes. Um, right. I've been sure the album sometimes I wish I were an eagle, which is uh, one of his more uh, easy to get into albums. It's kind of one of these musos that's been around for a while and is generally well received and stuff that he does. You know, he gets like eights to nines for his album reviews, um, but has mm-hmm. never been super popular. Um, and I kind of remembered him because I think last year, he did a collaboration with Bonnie Prince Billy. And I was like, okay, like let's, it's a similar kind of um, niche. Niche is the wrong word. This is like the kind of the, the part of the music industry that he's cut out for himself. And he's very happy just kind of doing his thing. um, Much like Bonnie Prince Billy. Um, Yeah. So it's not like hugely experimental, but it's also kind of not anyone's really doing anything similar. So, um, what did you think about Bill Callahan's Sometimes I Wish I Were an Eagle? Well, I'm, yeah, I've never heard of this guy, but I do have in my notes that he reminds me of Bonnie Prince Billy. <laughs> and makes a lot of sense. Oh, I love this. I really love this. I, um, I listened to this a couple of weeks ago for the first time when you gave it to me all the way through. And I was just like, ah, oh, it's so gorgeous. Like it's, it's kind of like the complete opposite of what Benoit Poulard was, yes. which is this really dry vocal, very humble sounding, like almost spoken word kind of storytelling. And yeah, Jim Kane is just peak. It's so yeah. beautiful. Yeah. And it's such a great opener to the album. Like I must confess, um, it, the other songs don't grab me as much as that. There are some others that I really like, but I mean, and the whole album works together, but that first song, there's something about it. That's just, yeah, very special. No. So there you go. I, I've, I was going to say, I think that's very, at least for me, my experience with Bill is that there's like always on each album, a song that is like stand out from the others head and shoulders. Um, Jim Kane yeah. being the one on this record. I don't like, I don't have a favorite album by him. I have like 10 favorite songs from like 20 years of making music kind of thing. And that's very unique for you because yeah, yeah you're not one to pick, <laughs> <clears throat> but um, it, it was very refreshing to listen to because um, you know, he, you can tell he's a really good songwriter because there is not much production in things. It's like I've gathered together all the instruments I need. I've recorded them very simply and I've got my voice kind of wandering over the song Mm. and it is what it is and it's beautiful. And, yeah, it's the spoken word kind of feel, like the storyteller, very, very natural, lyrical kind of stuff. 
And I just like how imperfect it is. And um, yeah. And like, so I was texting you that it reminded me a bit of Slaughter Beach Dog mm. um, in some of the safe and also no fear spoken word things. Um, I, yeah, I like, I'm not sure what to call that genre. Like, is it kind of <laughs> folky storyteller? Leonard, Leonard Cohen stuff? types. Yeah, except the Leonard Cohen. More grandiose. It was a bit too dramatic yeah. and a bit too, yeah. But um, I love the nylon string sound as well. Um, it's just a beautiful album. I, it was really funny listening to things like Invocation of Ratty O-Sination. Yeah. Ratio-Sination. <laughs> that one's weird. Just ter- terrible synth sounds. <laughs> um, <clears throat> for- such a strange standout for the album. I'd forgotten that song was on the record, to be honest with you. <laughs> yeah. No, I really liked Jim Kane, Too Many Birds, My Friend, and All Thoughts of Prey to Some Beast. Um, my Friend has a beautiful, like, opening on guitar. It goes in different directions kind of halfway through, but, um, yeah, the nylon string is just, you know, chef's kiss. Like, it's great. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I, I mean, this is gorgeous. Uh, I don't know if I love the whole album, like I was saying. They're, like you, kind of there's particular moments that are really good. Um, but it's really interesting, like, even on the Eidma Clack Shore, you get those show me the way, show me the way in your head kind of thing. It's just, uh, it's really interesting. Uh, I dig it. it. I'm putting it alongside the Bonnie Prince Billy kind of um, even a little bit of uh, Mount Erie sort of feel. Yeah, okay. Um, yeah, different again, but like the folk artists that are really a bit left of field, they're great. <laughs> Yeah, I think his album is the one directly out. The one from a couple of years ago, Shepherd in a Sheepskin Vest, that was generally received as like one of the better albums of the year that people didn't know about. And I've never really loved okay. it loved it that much, but it might be given a give it a worth listen to for you, Julie. I'll, I'll find that. It's got like a got like a guy wearing like a crown on the front of it. Um Got it. Yeah. I okay. yeah. Bill is an interesting guy. I I don't know why I love him the way I do, but definitely like every, he's quite prolific. So every like other year you're like, Oh, there's a new Bill Callahan album. I wonder what gold yeah. gold I can kind of delve from this record. Um, but I'm glad you liked it. Mm. Yeah, no, I really did. I've put it on my, you know, thoughts about top five for the year. Oh. Like, I don't know if it'll make it, but I, there's just some gold in there that might be an honorable mention for the year. It's, it's quite lovely. Interesting. So thank you. Interesting. Mm, yeah. Speaking of no, top five. I just five. like it when it's. Sorry. Sorry. Go for it. <laughs> oh, it's just interesting. Like I'd never heard of anything of this guy and you'd not mentioned him before. And so it's kind of like, oh, wow. Like this is gorgeous stuff. This is great. <laughs> so anyway, but that's the, that's the joy of digging through our back catalogs, right? That is. Yeah. Ooh. Cool. Shall we move into honorable mentions? Sure. Okay. I only have three, um, mm-hmm. and you might have one of them as well. So, okay, um, a band I talked about last time, uh, the band Geese. Um, oh, yeah. They put out a song called Cowboy Nudes. Um, <laughs> That's right. <laughs> they released they released another <laughs> single called 3D Country from their upcoming album in the summertime, 
I mean, mm-hmm. um, I don't know what it is, but these guys are making something really interesting. And I'm a really big fan of these two singles. They've been like top of my list for the last couple of weeks. Um, it's like, like a, like kind of like a reincarnation of like when the Rolling Stones were good. There's like gospel influences. Um, there's a lot of like swagger, but it's well put together. And there's some like very weird vocal treatment put on this song, 3d country. Um, like I'm, I'm not a hundred percent if the vocalist is doing it himself or there's like some down pitching in like odd places, but it makes it kind of like weird and interesting. Um, Anyway, so I'm really excited for what Geese are putting out in the summertime. I think it's going to be a really good album. Um, nice. Yeah, Geese. And then, I did listen to that single, Cowboy New- Nudes, but I I can't remember it, except that I thought it was pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. I, I love the drum, the drum break in the middle that goes on for like 30 seconds. You're like, oh, what's that's ha- right, yeah. What's happening? <laughs> um, oh, yeah, we talked about, okay, so you two the (laughs) so in the past like month i guess i guess during all of covid um you two have put out a humongous record um it is 40 songs from their entire discography that they have redone in like a kind of acoustic-y more downplayed session um and the the album was split into four groups of 10, 10 songs for each member of the band that wanted to redo. And hmm. um, some lyrics changed as well. They've kind of done new versions. Um, it's this humongous thing. And they also put out like a TV special on Disney Plus with like David Letterman um, playing. Yeah, they, they did like a like a reunion concert, um, um, which is is actually how I found about this first because Glenn Hanser did a lot of the um, acoustic work at that concert with them because they're kind of buds. Dublin scene, all that kind of stuff. Um, Anyway, I'm not the hugest U2 fan. I think they have one really good album and half of another kind of good album, Um, (laughs) you know, for their legendary collection of work um and this i don't know like this project is like interesting which is kind of annoying to me because i've like the concept of like a band getting to a place is like old men where they're happy with like the music they've made and don't need to like play the relevancy you know let's keep making the same thing over and over again acdc kind of way and they're like, oh, yeah. we want to redo our songs. The meaning has changed. We're not 22-year-olds anymore, you know. Um, I've been married to the same woman for 30 years instead of, you know, just getting engaged. So this song has a, you know, a different meaning for the first time. Um, and so it's an interesting project. The unfortunate part is I just don't really want to go through, like, two and a half hours of 40 songs of YouTube to, to appreciate. Anyway. Um, if if you're a fan of YouTube, you asking for someone, you're asking for a listener to do it for you. If you're a fan of YouTube, this is an interesting project and you should give it a chance. If you think it's weird that they're redoing their songs. Um, I must confess. I find it so weird to redo songs, but that's just me. Songs like, take, yeah. I don't know. I just, 
uh, it's just probably just me. I I just kind of like go, okay, I'm going to move on and make something new. Like I just don't get a bit bored going back over stuff. But anyway. That's why you redo it. I Like I prefer it over the, the Radiohead approach where you just abandon albums that are like, oh, this is Twisters, <laughs> this is 30 years old now. We don't play the Benz anymore kind of thing. Um, we're yeah, different people. I guess that's the curse of being popular and people want to listen to all the stuff. Yeah, woe is me. Um, woe is them. Yeah. And then lastly is the Black Country New Road live album, um, mm-hmm. which I guess you want to probably want to talk about as well. Um, yeah, a little bit. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm guessing maybe the same as you. I've, I've, I was not overly um, impressed. That's not the, that's not the right way of putting it. Um, this didn't wow me, and I didn't love it. Um, mm. I find the songs on this live album. I should say so. Black Country New Road. Um, a pretty premier indie band from the UK um, put out two albums in the last two years, last three years um, that have kind of been mm. up there in terms of like the shishi echelon of people listening to music in these kind of communities. Um, and at the end of last year, their lead singer and one of the key songwriters um, retired from the band, Isaac. And mm. um, people have been kind of wondering what's going to happen. Um, Cause a lot of the songs are very much uh, written in a particular way. And it felt like this is kind of the Isaac show in a lot of the ways. Um, there were so many Isaac references and songs. Yeah. <laughs> lyrically, it's very much about him in terms of the things yeah. that he writes about. And mm. um, so to like, see where the band is going. And I've, I found personally these kind of, new songs that they're putting out for this live show that they recorded. Um, it's weird to say like it, like it's, it's not as subtle and I feel like it's missing something and I don't know if that's fair and I don't know really what to make of it. Um, but I definitely I did, didn't enjoy it, it as much. Being live is hard. Yes. Being like, it's a, it's hard to get a good picture of things. I know that sounds really pompous. Like, Oh, studio versions are the real version. Like, <laughs> it's not what I'm saying. It's just hard to pick up the subtleties and nuance in a live setting when you're not physically there as well. Like you're just hearing a recording. Yeah. And I feel like the start of this album is really strong. Like Up Song and The Boy, I Won't Always Love You. And then it gets like quite long and slow. And I just got lost with the like, with the longer songs because it's hard to pick up all the nuance with a long, slow song in a live setting. And yeah, it didn't wow me as much. I feel like I've judged a little too quickly though. So I feel like I need to give it a bit more time. I don't know. I'm a bit the same though as you. It it feels a lot younger and that is a strange mm. way of putting it, but like a lot, a lot of the ways that Isaac, would write things were um, a lot more ageless and um, kind of, I don't know, clever is the wrong way of putting it more um, enigmatic. Maybe. I don't know. There's, there's like a lot of the imagery and metaphor 
from these new songs is very like straightforward and in your face kind of thing. Um, right. And I don't know. I don't know if I appreciate that as much, but I'm sounding a hoity-toity as well. Um, yeah. We'll see. We'll see when the I, album comes I, out. I'm sure it'll be interesting. Yeah. I still really like the, so even on Upsong, I like the bass saxophone voice intro, like, you know, trading between stopping at different points and then the, like, the action of the drums and piano coming in. Like, I think it's a really good song and it's very sweet, you know, the BCNR Friends Forever. Yeah. Um, you know, it's like very cool and nice community feel and lovely. Yeah, it's just kind of it got lost halfway through for me personally. So anyway, <laughs> I'll, I'll keep listening. <laughs> I don't want to dunk on them. They're doing really well. Dunk on them. <laughs> what do they care what I say? Anyway. Exactly. Precisely. Yeah. How about you, yeah. sir? Honorable anyway. mentions? Yeah, well, that was one of mine. Um, um, just a couple of random ones. Uh Cat Tyson Hughes, an Australian composer, um, has released a new album on Past Inside the Present called Crossing Water. It's quite beautiful. Um, she writes some beautiful kind of ambient music, which has an Australian twinge of bird songs and nature sounds. And it's very beautiful. Yeah, so I like that. It's, it's very pretty. So, um, yeah, props to her. Great album. Um uh, also, for some reason, maybe it's because it's wet. I listened to "This Will Destroy You's Tunnel Blanket" four times this week. Um, it's I it's I talked about this a long while back mm. here, and it's really funny because "Tunnel Blanket" was like the album which almost broke the band. Like it's it's a divergence from post rock where there's almost no melodies and it's just wall of sound. And I find it strangely cathartic. Like it's very, <laughs> it's really interesting to listen to this really intense music. So I don't know. I dig it. I think it's great, like great production. And so, yeah, I'm going to put a few tracks on there. Um, I've also been listening to one of Andrew Tasselmeyer's subscriber exclusives. Oh. I thought I'd just talk about this. This is funny. It's called Music for Sleeping Pups. Oh, that's from the and dog when you see. <laughs> it's it was really relaxing. I mean, obviously, it's it's um it's ten tracks and they're all forty minutes each, and they're like ambient music he wrote for his dog Nova. Um, and it's just very sweet because it's just kind of relaxing ambient music. I just thought it was beautiful. So if you're not a subscriber yet, you can get some dog music. Check it out. Um, two more, two more quick ones. Um, Greg Walker has a new little EP out. Um, you might remember listeners, Greg Walker, I chatted about on my top five. He wowed Mm. me with his Oh God album. And this little EP is short and sweet and the same kind of lo-fi kind of in my mind brave production where it's like very clanky sometimes and and all that sort of thing it's very it's very interesting he's got such a unique kind of recording style and and I dig it so yeah in the and on that note as well even oxen secretly oh. have released a new little thing so even oxen seem insistent upon not 
announcing anything um, <laughs> and being as hidden as possible. And, yeah, so there's this new album which came out last September, The Elements Are Subject to God, and it, the album art is some, like, I can't even understand this. I think it's some, like, uh, chart talking about different kind of elements, like, in the earth, like diamond and liquid carbon and things. <laughs> anyway, uh, he... <laughs> and everything on his Bandcamp is free and I just want to buy it. <laughs> it's all free download. There's very interesting stuff. He's just so hidden with his melody behind all this like noise and chaos. I love it. So anyway, I, I'm despite his wishes, I'm bringing this to the light. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's all I, I have to talk about. Um, yeah, there's some cool stuff out there. So I guess <laughs> I'll take us out. <laughs> Um, thank you very much for listening to episode 61 of what we're listening to. Um, we, uh, so Josh mentioned last episode, we have a new interview out. I got to chat to Andrew Tasselmeyer for an hour and a half about lots of wonderful things regarding ambient music production and stuff about his music career. So check that out mm. if you haven't. Mm. And uh, Josh and I have been listening to lots of things and we have lots more episodes in store for you that I've got to proof listen to and get out and other things. <laughs> and, um, yeah, so keep sending us stuff or, you know, recommend things and uh, follow us on socials or write us reviews and all that sort of thing. I barely check out charts, but, you know, hopefully you're enjoying this stuff and we'll see you another time. Fare thee well. See you, buddy. See you, buddy.